0: What's this going to do for me? (laughs) Hello and welcome to episode number 161 of Grumpy Old Bens for Monday, May 17th, 2021. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of Middle America, just outside of Chirac, where this weekend 46 people shot, five fatally. Yes, those numbers are going
1: up. And from America's left coast, where it's not just the neighbor, soon your neighborhood will be talking about you too. I'm Ryan Pemrose. Well, only if you're doing something cool. Oh, or you have any Amazon devices in your neighborhood? Yeah, well, the Amazon, uh,
0: that concept, that took a lot of heat. Didn't we talk about that a few weeks ago? This is like the Amazon. Uh, the, the Amazon sidewalk? Yes. So all of your devices are going to interact. And uh, they there was immediately privacy issues. Oh,
1: and- oh yeah. Yeah. People <laughs> lost their mind. Like, if you look up Amazon sidewalk right now. Most of the articles are telling you how to turn it off, how to opt out, because, of course, uh, it's designed such that it is it is opt out. And if you don't do anything or you don't know about Amazon Sidewalk, then as of June 8th, and that's the reason I bring it up is because it's impending um, all of your ring echo uh, tile uh, and Alexa devices are going to suddenly start talking to each other using Bluetooth, L.A. and Wi-Fi and creating a network of your entire neighborhood. It's all for your convenience, though, you understand. Yeah, it, it is, in fact, which is uh, it's also for Amazon's convenience. But um, and, and remember, while well, we've we've covered plenty of stories with the Echo uh, before where and, and the ring, especially where it's also for the convenience of law enforcement. Because now they can just say, OK, uh, go show me, you know, where this guy was walking down the street here and then walking down the street here. And, OK, it definitely puts him in the area. And we know a crime happened. So let's arrest him. Well, you know, like, people walk walking my dog.
0: They want oh. sensors in the mailbox so that we know if the mail is there. I mean, there's so many cool things. Why do you hate technology? Um, mostly because I know what it can do, <laughs> mainly because everything that it's supposed to do is great. Everything that it can do on top
1: of that, not so great. I, I did pull a great quote out of the the sidewalk story the the one where they're you know like I said uh, all all the stories are all about how to turn it off these days. Which by the way, uh, spoiler alert: um, in order to turn it off, you install the Alexa app on your phone. <laughs> Wait, you have to install an app yes, to turn it yes, off? Yes, that's the only way to turn it off is to install the Alexa app and then your your account whatever devices are attached to your account you can use a little slider to have a software it's not going to participate in theory right up until uh Amazon uh you know messes up their their database and turns it on anyway or more even more big possibility is uh it gets hacked and then somebody uses the system that's already built into all these devices to go ahead and communicate with the you know hey look this you know this a smart door lock hasn't been open in six days. We think he's on vacation. Let's let's go loot the place or something. Well, yeah. So the only
0: way not to give Amazon more data is to download an app and give Amazon more data.
1: Yeah, that's, that's pretty, that's Amazon solution. Uh, now pretty, the, the quote I pulled from, from Amazon in this is uh as a crowd community benefit, Amazon sidewalk is only as powerful as the trust our customers place in us to safeguard customer data. Well, there's so, something to be said about that. And there
0: is a lot of Wi-Fi hotspots out there. We talked about that when we talked about Xfinity on a couple of shows, especially with their mobile devices. And the fact that you could just drive down the street now with the Xfinity Wi-Fi being picked up over and over and over again. to the Oh, yeah. And these things, I mean, it's and, great. Because then, by, by
1: the way, s- side note about the Xfinity Wi-Fi, it has resulted in if I want to listen, if I want to stream a podcast, like listen to no agenda stream while I'm in a car, I have to turn off Wi-Fi entirely because it interrupts a stream every single time that it tries to pick up a new Wi-Fi access point.
0: Well, that's weird.
1: Even if, <laughs> so if you have
0: a download and it's like, oh, but I'm looking for Wi-Fi. So it uh...
1: no, no. Like if I'm if I'm streaming something. Oh, OK, so you're streaming if over o- your network. No, no. When for most, yeah, if, if I'm streaming over anything, it, like I stream over Wi-Fi when I'm here, if I want to listen to this, to uh, any podcast stream. But if I'm driving in the car, like especially on the freeway where you're going in and out of access points every 10 seconds, um, it, it will interrupt the stream. And And maybe this is my app, but the stream will just break for a moment and then try to connect to the next wi-fi and by the time it's finished its handshake i'm out of range again and asked to connect to the next one and then the next one so i ended up getting stuttering i don't know right maybe maybe i'm using the wrong
0: software well it may well there's uh it's what it seems like it's doing is when you're out of range of any wi-fi it will use your cellular mobile data but the minute it's like oh look i i I logged into a wi-fi hotspot it wants to switch over to that, but you're only in that hotspot range for, uh,
1: yeah, I, I, for, for the duration of the handshake, if that, yeah, <laughs> when you're driving by. but, yes. Uh, you know, the first world problems. Yeah. And also the, the way that I listen to the vast majority of podcasts is, is I've got, well, I have an app. I use AntennaPod, which I still like the app, even though it's not very, uh, the, the version I have is not terribly podcast 2.0 compliant, but, um, I, uh, You know, you download it and then it plays and you can go into airplane mode and it still works. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's old technology that actually does what I want instead of new technology that stutters in and out.
0: Oh, and that's what I do when going out now is uh, because I don't want to use the mobile data. You download the podcast that you want to listen to first and then you just turn over your home. Wi-Fi Where it's fast and connected. Yes. And free. They don't charge you per bit. At least I don't get charged. Some people may. But. That seems to be the easiest thing to do because it's very cheap to have a cell phone. If you don't need to use the mobile data, you can still be reached. If somebody wants to call or text that gets through without mobile data on. So you don't really need mobile data unless you're doing all of the stupid crap like going onto your social media or using, you know, any of your those types of apps that don't run over the uh, the SMS the, I mean, you know. I
1: personally find airplane mode be even a superior setting to just turning off mobile data, because then right. I also I'll... don't get any phone calls or SMS.
0: <laughs> well, so you like people not bothering you.
1: Yeah, it's it's a great excuse to not take my phone everywhere. It turns your phone into an iPod. Yeah, it, it turns my phone into yet another device that sits in a drawer while I go out. Which is cool. as it should be. Yeah, because if you go out, you might get shot. I mean, back in my day. Oh, yeah. What the hell?
0: Forty six people shot five. I mean, fatally. It actually,
1: it sounds like a pretty good weekend. That's down from the last couple. I don't know if it goes up. It goes usually the warmer it gets, the higher that number goes. Yeah. People going outside, you know, feeling the, the wonderful rays of the sunlight and also the bullets on their face. And uh, nobody seems to care on the left. I
0: wonder why that is. I mean, because I'm betting you out of these forty six people shot. A vast majority are black people, and I don't know why Black Lives Matter wouldn't be worried about this. Uh,
1: it's kind of it's well, just mind-blowing. Because they don't. Act, black Lives Matter does not actually care about black lives. They only care about pushing Marxism and division in the form of their new form of racism. Oh. I'm just taking wild guesses here, but that <laughs> just, seems to be the way it's going. Just a shot in the dark there, huh? Yeah.
0: It seems to be right, um, but... Uh, this uh, the dark side thing we talked about this on the last show the pipeline hack and maybe this actually was the russians i don't know this is still very strange to me that these allegedly world class hackers or whatever level you want to put them on if you're able to uh if you're able to hack into something and get 5 million bucks you're pretty much elevated for me at least at this point into knowing yeah. what you're doing right and the yeah it used to be when i
1: hacked into things all i got was free music yeah and that was not as not as lucrative
0: the uh dark side though of heads have had their servers reportedly seized now their operations shut down um there was a but see,
1: this this is why on uh, when when uh, last show when we were talking about them they had uh said that they they felt like they made a mistake by having such a high profile target this is why it's not because, oh, they want to claim to be, you know, socially conscious, although that was a great excuse. It's because they didn't want to get their asses shut down when they finally got noticed by someone. Right. Because people are coming after you at
0: that point. Although. A five million dollar payout is a pretty good exit strategy. Yeah,
1: like, eh, <laughs> OK, you can have all the servers.
0: Enjoy. Yeah, I'd, I'd gladly give up a plethora of uh, servers and whatever and be like, oh, got to go. But. I mean, I've always questioned how, you know, where the people pulling this stuff off, how you know where they're located, because any hacker that knows what they're doing is going to bounce their signal well, all around through compromised computers,
1: obviously geolocation. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, oh, this server appears to be in the middle of the lake
0: <laughs> <laughs> Or they left their phone on. Look how dumb. Yeah. And I know that has happened. That was one of the remember the, one of the guys that got nailed with one of these schemes left his home ip address hard-coded into one of the uh into one of the files so i mean there's that people are dumb they do make mistakes but it's always been pointing to in the media anyway you know russia 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 all these hacks russia and i'm thinking what happened to the chinese and the north koreans i thought they were really good at this stuff too how come well, everything happening now is russia because the Chinese are funding the media. So, shh. <laughs> well, it seems like that might be the case. They're like, I, I mean, I, I don't see any Russian companies funding the New York Times. Do you? Uh. Uh-uh. No. Uh, so that seems a little strange to me. But uh, everybody has to do their own homework when it comes to that kind of a thing. The fact that this particular group is disappearing doesn't really surprise me in any shape or form. After, like you said, getting a uh, a five million dollar payout, I don't know why these groups wouldn't constantly just rebrand at any given time. Anyway, because I mean, you don't want to be noticed That's when you're when you're in a legal enterprise. You don't exactly want to be on the radar. That doesn't make sense. Although, uh, bleeping well, unless- computer, when they looked into this, they said that the Tor payment server for Darkside was still there now they said law enforcement maybe if they had seized the server
1: outstanding accounts collectible well they were
0: like if uh law enforcement may have left it there in order to allow the victims to get the decrypting codes to un you know to get the ransomware automated thing or i don't know that's what that was i was
1: kind of questioning that i mean i guess it could be if, if you've taken down all of the people behind the server and and you send money to this endpoint, does that mean you get your stuff back or does that just mean you lost some crypto?
0: Maybe. So yes, it's still there and it's like, thank you. The government's like, we'll just take this. thank yeah, you very much. I mean much. the
1: FBI's you know if the FBI has the servers they can leave the server up and be like, go ahead and donate to this. We'll go ahead trust us. we're the government. we'll use those funds for for nothing but um well probably toppling foreign foreign regimes. Right. Bombing countries, or it just could be a a good
0: FBI tech guy's uh, exit strategy himself. Like, oh, nobody that could be. Nobody knows yes. I have this this crypto uh, wallet now that I was able to access.
1: Well, the yes, the the tech people, the people who really understand tech and happen to be in the federal government, have been a, a rare breed for a while and have been able to run roughshod over things. But uh, according to a new executive order from Biden. Uh, that's all going to change in theory. Oh, Joe's fixing something. Oh, this is good. Well, Joe issued an executive order, which uh, I, I read, and and first of all, let me say, uh, God damn it, Joe. At least Trump was uh brief, was succinct. <laughs> the The Trump orders averaged about eight to ten pages. This Biden order was more like forty, but um, which makes it a lot more tedious to read. The but anyway, um. He issued an executive order, and I I doubt he read it. He probably didn't know. He was probably trying to draw a picture of an airplane or something on it, but they they interpreted that as a signature because I don't think he's all there. But uh, the Biden administration issued an executive order that I did not totally hate, which came as a surprise to me. This is why
0: you this is when you have to look at every word on those pages. And yeah i was to,
1: reading through it going I'm, i need to find something that that's really awful um it, it seems like uh this one is a complete overhaul of the federal government's it system uh and in the wake of of some very highly publicized hacks of things in the government uh it seems like this is overdue um the okay so i'm gonna go through a few of the the provisions, some of the things it does um it re it Causes uh, federal contracts with any IT services or cloud providers, uh, information and communication technology service providers is the term because they love defining new terms. um, Rewrite the contracts to require sharing all data about breaches. And uh, it it looks like this only affects new contracts going forward. Uh, Coming out of the Biden administration, I honestly expected that they might be like, you know, we're altering the deal and, and rewriting and breaking existing contracts because they can do that. But it looks like only new ones going forward, kind of. But anyway, um, new contracts are going to include sh- data retention and data sharing provisions. Um, it, it directs, uh, uh, agencies to create, uh, guidelines for minimum testing standards of vendor code. So if you're going to have a vendor, then you're, there's going to be now, uh, a government mandated, System, uh, or, you know, a checklist that says you have to have, have tested this much. So, you know, this is, this is going to be a problem for software vendors who want to, uh, want to build software that can be used by the government as they're going to now have some compliance issues. Uh, it is suck it up software guys. Every other industry has had compliance checklists for a long time. It's just going to be yet another bit of bureaucracy. Um, All federal agencies are to adopt multi-factor authentication for data at rest and in transit, also encryption. Uh, uh, Federal agencies are going to move to the zero trust architecture, which are you familiar with this? Well, isn't the zero trust concept
0: is that uh, it's encrypted. You can't tell what anything is. There's uh, an extra level of security added there. Well for for me different? zero
1: trust was was what I had in the federal government but <laughs> um I I according to CISA which I had to look this up uh zero trust architecture is uh no implicit trust is granted to assets or user accounts based solely on their physical or network location. So what what it means I guess it, I I'm willing to accept if somebody understands this better than I do but um that Permissions are all changing to being user based and uh, no longer the security architecture is no longer going to recognize a network boundary as as a security boundary, if that makes sense. Um, I, I guess this makes sense if you're going to have people, you know, remote working, working from home, etc. But it's kind of a fundamental shift in the way you think about it. If if you are you know every one of our resources in here now needs to be locked down by the user uh, based on user and and not based on where it is uh, i don't know the the idea that you that you don't have just one corporate firewall that protects everything uh, it, get, getting rid of that sounds really frightening from an it perspective but it, well
0: it should i mean it makes A certain level of sense, because as we've talked about in the last episode, I think it was about the people find the USB drive and plug it in. And then that uh, is a way for people to hack into a system. There have been multiple stories where if somebody can get physical access to a location, you know, government, no different. We had a story at one point. Remember where somebody found a Raspberry Pi in, like, the janitor's closet that was hooked up to the network wherever this was. I don't remember what company it was or government installation. But this kind of stuff happens all the time because the concept is, with a lot of this stuff, like you said, with a firewall that is protecting, you know, a company or a government installation, which assumes that everything inside the firewall is safe, there are ways to really get you know to, to mess with that security to over overcome that security and so I mean it makes a certain amount of sense that you want to add something more which is you know I don't care that this computer is on our network and it's in a physically secured building which I mean should be secure but we're still going to make sure that you are somehow verifying who you are and you know when you're
1: on any hardware so uh I mean, it it makes sense, I guess. I I also think that this is kind of going the opposite direction from the advice that I gave uh, that that we gave. I gave. I don't remember if you agreed with me or not. I I don't usually listen to the show, but the advice from last week with regards to the pipeline saying stop putting your command and control on the public Internet and, you know, Use a private network for that is is based entirely on the idea that the public Internet is scary, but it looks like uh the the zero trust architecture system seems to be. Well, yes, the Internet is scary, but we're going to use it anyway. So design your security such that it doesn't matter if it transits the Internet or not. And that is possible by use of of end-to-end encryption by use of uh you, you know authentication that works uh multifactors a really good start um by use of uh, but but man it's a whole lot harder to do that and it looks like this is now going to be a requirement my my guess given that uh, a lot of federal IT people are not going to really understand how this system works is that we're going to see a number of high profile data breaches of people who don't quite get how to do this. But if we can get there, then, you know, three, four years down the road, five years when people start understanding how it works, it actually, I think, would get us to a better place.
0: Well, it kind of makes sense. I mean, NetNet says require dongles just so you can say dongle in the office. I mean, it goes a little beyond that. But people do like the word dongle. I'll give you that. I like the word dongle. There was an article I saw this week as well, which was... I'm playing with
1: my dongle right now.
0: I believe... Ryan at com. I believe it was uh, the hated. Uh, it's cloud- a USB key. Oh. Right. right. Well, the the hated Cloudflare, I believe, is trying to do away with the CAPTCHAs. And we've talked about how much I hate the CAPTCHA and you being colorblind and me half blind, the trying to identify things in these crappy little photographs that they show you in order to prove that you're human, like that. Yes,
1: uh, yes. Please click every box that has pixels in it. Cloudflare, I believe
0: it was. And you can correct me if you're wrong. Anybody in the troll room, I believe they're the ones that are working on this new system that uses the YubiKey type devices that you go and you verify that with them once. And then rather than CAPTCHAs, you just have your YubiKey. And when it comes to the point to where you need to confirm that you are who you say you are, you just touch the YubiKey. And the early tests seem yeah. to be very positive. Just touch it. Yeah. Well, that's the Yubikey's weird like that because you do have Does it to have touch. like a. Oh, yeah, there is a little sensor
1: or something. Yeah, yes. I forgot about that.
0: Yeah. And that just makes sure that, you know, say you leave it in your machine. Somebody can't just go, oh, well, it's in the machine, so we'll sign you in. It's like if anybody can touch it, it's not like it's doing fingerprint reading or whatnot, but it can't be remotely. Finagled uh, without the person touching oh, it. Oh, yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah, stroke that dongle. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's the way technology is going to work in the future with sex oh, robots yeah. and more.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Mark and George. Right. <laughs> but this is a concept we I can have, see. I haven't had a good sex robot segment in a while. It would, I mean, it would make sense.
0: I mean, for, uh, for systems that need to be ultra secure, having something like a YubiKey just makes sense. Because it is one of the few ways that you can verify within a much greater percentage more than just sending somebody an SMS or these other things that they do for two-factor authentication. Having the physical key is way harder to bypass.
1: Yeah. It it it's a uh, yes, it's it's been a security practice for a while. So it's, it's something you know and something that you have. Which is which is why it never made a lot of sense for, you know, people to do to try to do two factor authentication going. Here's have something, you know, and something else, you know, like, oh, you know, give me a, a password and your elementary school name or something. Anyway, Right,
0: right. It's just uh, jumping through more hoops that don't make you any yeah. safer.
1: Well, I think the YubiKey does make you more safe. Oh, yeah, but that does it, 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 the other and, stuff and, doesn't. anything that has a, an authenticator app is theoretically it's designed to be tied to a piece of hardware, although being all software, you can theoretically take that data and move it elsewhere. But it's uh, it's designed to be difficult. Uh, I wanted to finish up with the cybersecurity executive order. There were a couple more things just just because I, I didn't hate this and also. Well, I hated having to read it and I took the time to read it. And man, if I'm going to be wasting my time reading it, you're going to be wasting your time listening to it. Uh, it creates uh standard federal guidance, how to respond to cyber attacks, whatever. Um, Initiate pilot programs to educate the public on the security capabilities of Internet of Things devices and software development practices and shall consider ways to incentivize manufacturers and developers to participate in these programs. So we've got a, a propaganda the stream coming out now. Uh, and then the last thing that they do is they create a cyber safety review board. I like that one. Uh, it's under Homeland Security. It is, uh, you know, because because you can't have any kind of federal action without creating more bureaucracy. Uh, this one, the cyber security review board is, according to this executive order, directed to uh, uh, what do you think they're directed to do um, not provide cyber security? Well, I i mean, theoretically, they're going to because that's the name of the board. But here is what the executive order actually directs this board to do. Um, they are to determine the composition and mission statement of the cybersecurity review board. That's their whole mission. That's what they've been directed to do. It's going to create bureaucracy whose sole purpose so far is to decide on what its purpose is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but see, now that does sound like government. Yes, it does. Okay, here's what you guys are going to be. You're going to be the cybersecurity board, and they're like, uh, "What does that mean, boss?" And they're like, and "You go find out." Yeah, that's your that's your first job is to figure out exactly what your job is. That seems a little meta.
1: Yep, yep. So, uh, I it turns out I didn't see anything in here that really, really, de- you know, brutally destroyed the uh the rights of Americans, which means. I'm I'm skeptical that this was even written by Democrats but uh it's this is going to be huge for federal government IT it is a a massive restructuring and rethinking about how they do things and uh there were a number of of points in there where they were saying you know uh because you know federal government has the power of the purse you know, we can require things of anybody who wants to contract with the federal government. And, of course, you know, the the size of the federal government is monotonically increasing. So at this point, I think, what, 30 percent of the economy uh, falls under the blanket of, of taxpayer money is spent on it. Um, but they're hoping that this will cause a trickle down and improve security throughout the entire industry. I've been in Silicon Valley
0: companies. Good luck. Well, I mean, this has been a push well beyond government for a long time and as with a lot of things inertia is the main problem i have a ton of accounts that i could add two-factor authentication to and i just don't why because it's a hassle now accounts that are containing you know your banking information your cryptocurrency and stuff well yeah it makes sense to take the time to add that extra level but you know, do I want to add that to my Amazon account, yeah. and then oh, I want to order something. And, oh, gee, I I don't have my YubiKey, and I'm not at my normal computer do, do, now. Do, I, what?
1: do do I care to add two factor authentication to my Minecraft forum account? No, because if it gets hacked, oh gee, somebody can post as me. So right, and maybe it'll be a fun post. They they might even be able to read my. My what private profile data? Okay, well, I didn't put real data in there anyway.
0: (laughs) Right. And that's the you know, that's the issue. But now, if you're talking about government employees that are dealing with sensitive information, giving everybody a two factor authentication device like a YubiKey, that just makes sense. I mean, that's a very uh, that's a low bar.
1: I mean, under under the assumption that the government should be keeping certain things secret, then. They should be given the tools in order to be able to do that,
0: that would make sense, but I mean, the government rarely yeah. does what makes sense
1: well, and I mean, you know there there's another argument entirely on whether or not the government should be keeping secrets from the public anyway. I don't think we need to get into that one right now, though,
0: no, but this like you said, forty pages or something. this is why they're not allowing Biden to take questions from the media because could you imagine if somebody that actually had a glimmer of knowledge about the technology in the pool of reporters. asked the question, what Joe would answer.
1: (laughs) I don't think Joe has a glimmer of knowledge. First of all, even if Joe's mind was, was as sharp as um, his predecessor or, or somebody who doesn't have dementia, um, he's not in the right generation to have grown up with it. I don't think that, that I, I don't think it's reasonable to expect somebody who's, 75, however old that is, to be you know, unless you've made it your career, which obviously he's a politician, not an IT guy. Unless you've made it your career. I I don't think it's reasonable to expect Joe to understand all of the big words that were in the Cybersecurity Directive, but I don't think he understood the small words like the Right, or the concept. But we do know Joe uses Venmo.
0: Whoa. Oh boy. This was a great story. This was an absolutely great story because It shows uh, everything we were just talking about when it comes to security and people working in the government. This showed you exactly how everything can go completely sideways if a member of the government or any public figure is using an app like this that for whatever reason, now I've never used Venmo, so I'm sure I'm at a disadvantage here,
1: but it seems that this is. I, I haven't either, but but if if I recall from having heard, is that the one where you give them your bank account login and then they go and just handle payments for you? I think is that that one? Or?
0: No, I think this is different. I think this is a okay. PayPal company, but it is a way to transfer money, much like PayPal would be. This is an app to be able to like pay your friends. And. The way it was described on uh, I think this was in the BuzzFeed article and others that I read was like, well, this is kind of like a payment app mixed with a social media app. And I'm like, why would you ever do that? Why would you ever why would you ever combine those two things? I mean, I guess they want, you know, like your list of friends so they know who can pay who. But I mean, I had not really heard much about Venmo before the uh, the representative gates thing
1: that was am i just am i just really old in thinking that that the list of people that i consider friends are not the people i want to mix my finances with those are two separate spheres probably but i I mean i I, i've got a number of people that i consider friends but i'm not going to be sending money to and i'm not going to be uh you know i i don't want to share my venmo with them that i don't know that's for my insurance company and my mortgage company and well it sounds like venmo out of the box, and again, if I'm wrong, Darren
0: at Grumpy old people like to tell me I'm wrong, so that's the place to go. But Venmo seems to out of the box have a setting which is allow all of my transactions to be public. Much like a Bitcoin uh, transaction, I guess.
1: Insert blood curdling scream here. Yeah. And
0: I'd really never paid much attention to Venmo and except uh it was a few weeks ago, a few months. Remember the uh Representative Gates now allegedly paid a 17 year old for sex or something like that. That's, you know, the story that was um, big a few weeks ago. I don't know what happened with that, but it was all tracked to because he gave money to a friend through Venmo, who then gave money to the 17 year old girl through Venmo. So even though there was somebody in between, it was all Venmo transactions that were being talked about when the money was changing hands. And again, the question for me would be, why would you ever want your transactions for I, who you're paying wha- to be publicly available?
1: I, I've got a better question, it, it, especially if it's something like sex. Now I, right, maybe I'm not entirely up on how the young kids are doing it these days, but back in my day, if you wanted to have sex, there was some physical proximity required. And right, if you can gonna- actually give cash. <laughs> So if you're going to do that, cash, what the hell pay, pay for your hookers with cash. Don't fucking Venmo them. Don't don't use an app. Don't make a paper trail that can only come back to bite you.
0: Yeah. And this uh, I think it was BuzzFeed that broke this story with Biden's that there was somebody mentioned that Joe or he did, although I doubt it. That would be a little weird. It was mentioned either by Joe or somebody around Joe. That Joe had Venmoed his grandkids, you know, trying to be hip, that he had, you know, Venmoed them their birthday money or whatever it was. And somebody went, huh, somebody that knew a lot more about Venmo than you or I, I guess, went in and said it took them less than 10 minutes to find Joe Biden's Venmo account. So <laughs> It's like, oh, my God, there's no. Security. Oh, yeah. Oh, there, there's your Silicon Valley security And then you could see the friends. You could see every account that he has sent money to where money had come in. And, uh, you know, maybe this
1: story is is the actual reason for the previous story. It may be. It may be
0: that uh, there's there's something about security. And we've the last few presidents, we've heard a lot about this stuff. We heard. uh for a while, wasn't it like, oh well, Donald Trump refuses to give up his cell phone or something like that. Uh, you know, of course, yeah. we had Hillary, and well, her, he, uh, he he, he needed help giving up his Twitter account too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that really wasn't his choice. But the devices that people in the government use and how secure they are—if you know you're the president and you were used to before the job, like, hey, I'm digging my you know Samsung or iPhone, whatever you're using. With all of the features and being able to go all over the Internet, not worry about anything. You know, the minute you're president, I'm pretty sure they kind of give you a device that's like 14 times bigger and 14 times slower and is locked down from everything. Because they're like, "Um, yeah, we have to raise your security level now that you're the most powerful man in the world. But I uh,
1: mean, they should.
0: You would hope. But. Uh, i don't I, know what they I, do. I
1: remember you know like ten years ago there was a story about uh how Obama wanted to bring his own phone in and uh i uh, well then then there was there was of course that story about how uh you know Hillary Clinton didn't want to use state department- computers because she felt it was much better to keep all of her private emails in in a server in her basement for the state department secrets
0: right that, that didn't work out that, for her.
1: that that only
0: blew up uh-huh. Yeah, government and security and technology, you take those three things, you mix them together, you're going to get an interesting combination. You're going to get an interesting result on the other side of that combination. Oh, yeah. And uh, with so, the with the Venmo thing, I don't know, Joe. Um, I mean, at least there wasn't
1: anything massive that came out of that story. I mean, yeah, this I guess doesn't it doesn't sound like a scandal other than. Then this is the security level we've come to expect from Silicon Valley companies,
0: right? I mean, it wasn't like they're like, "Well, Jeffrey Epstein was one of his Venmo friends, and there was a lot of money going back and forth."
1: No, no, they
0: he he only paid Jeffrey Epstein in cash, right? See, smart <laughs> enough, very smart.
1: That uh, you, you do that—that's cash is king. The I mean, uh, I always I always keep going back to the you know, the, the the Silicon Valley story, the one that epitomizes this is the story of the uh the people who discovered that if you go to uh it, you know it wasn't Fitbit, but it was one of the fitness trackers where there'd be fitness trackers. You know, everybody's got the thing that you keep around your wrist and you go on a jog and then you come back later and it gives you an exact, you know, down to the foot GPS track of where you jogged, which is really cool for Actually, I don't know what I guess sharing with friends and bragging rights. Look, I draw I walked up this hill, but um, well,
0: yeah, because if you drop, if you dropped your wallet somewhere in between, you could retrace yourself, I,
1: I suppose. I, I mean, I can do that anyway because I have a memory, but uh, maybe I'm unique that way. It may be faulty, but, though, but people going in and uh, because of the state of Silicon Valley security, pulling the public data on all of these jogging tracks which which is usually made public because, hey, check out where other people are running. You might try this and using it to discover, for example, where army bases were in foreign countries because of the exact GPS location being tracked by these fitness trackers when people go out on their jog across the base.
0: Right. And this is part of all that data that we've been talking about, that the federal government can't legally collect on you themselves. But they can pay somebody to do it. Yay, Fitbit! You've got all that GPS information. They can buy it from them. Yay! It's a, called a loophole, kids, and they're being used all the time to screw with your privacy.
1: So Jay Inslee did something that uh, wasn't entirely awful. Wait. So this is Grumpy
0: Old Ben's what number one hundred and sixty-one? And you? Oh have- no, no, no! He did it for he did it for
1: purely virtue signaling, terrible reasons. But oh, okay. he did something he, because I oh, thought
0: if we were going to have a show where you're like Biden did something and, and I no, don't no, disagree no. I, and Inslee did something and I liked it. I'm going to be well, like, I'm wait, I'm trying
1: to I'm trying to be fair and balanced here. <laughs> OK, that worked about, out so well for Fox. Right.
0: Well, they <laughs> they do have more viewers than we do.
1: They, well, not for long,
0: maybe. We hope not. We'd like to They're be on, on the their other way side down. Of that.
1: We're still on our way up. Uh, on Grumpy Old Ben's 153, we discussed a bill where the Washington State Legislature had decided that they were going to ban all gas-powered cars by 2030. 153. That way, that really was several weeks ago. Man, yeah. time flies. Darth Radar says you're losing your edge. I can't disagree with him. I I'll find another one. I'll I'll find another one to jump off of soon enough. Uh, So uh, we discussed the bill where the Washington state legislature in in a bid to get ahead of other states, California and Massachusetts, who had vowed to ban all gas cars by 2035. Washington state said, no, hold my beer. We can do it by 2030. Um, Inslee vetoed it.
0: And what was the reason why? I mean, it was a good thing to veto so, that because it's insane I, I to agree. put a date on that.
1: The reason why is uh, because of one of the few things that I had said uh, was uh, um, at least a little bit good about the bill. And that is the bill had a uh, a provision that it would only go into effect if three quarters of the vehicles on the road were subject to a road usage charge, which would have to be uh, another legislation coming in the future. Uh, road usage charge just means tax based on miles driven because the state is feeling the crunch of, Oh, we're, you know, our, our gas tax money is not coming in and we're really addicted to unlimited funding here. So let's see if we can create new taxes. So uh, the Democrats in the legislature wanted to create a road usage charge. And uh, one of the ways that they thought they could do that was to make this bill contingent on creating that charge. Inslee said, no. We can't we have to we have to ban all gas cars, no matter what happens in the future, no matter what politics happen. So we can't make this contingent on the road usage charge. So go back and give me a bill that bans all gasoline cars and doesn't have any provisions about whether or not we can replace the funding.
0: Nor any provisions on how readily available electric vehicles are, what the cost of the electrical vehicles are. No. If people can afford the electric vehicles.
1: Well, that's hardly important. Afford things, hello. This is this is the Seattle area. The only people he cares about are the the Amazon and Microsoft wealthy.
0: I can't wait till they're putting people in jail for having gas vehicles. And then I guess the the thing will also be well. Are they going to shut? Obviously, shut down all the gas stations uh, legally. I mean, you can't won't be able to. S- uh, sell gasoline anymore so you'll be a criminal if you've got well, a uh,
1: depending on how authoritarian they are they might actually in insist that you were no you know gasoline is no longer allowed to be sold if they were doing it the right way then just making it so people don't have gas cars means that gas stations would go out of business anyway
0: right unless they can pivot. To being something with these quick charge, but uh, yeah, as we've talked about, stations. yeah, the but charging stations aren't really viable at this point because it's not, none of the technology is even close, unless I'm wrong, that you can drive into a gas station or an electric charging station in this case, spend five minutes and get enough to, you know, finish your trip.
1: Yeah. If you're going to pivot a gas station to an electric charging station, you're going to rededicate most of your, space to parking stalls, because that's what's going to have to happen is you're just going to have to uh, people have to drive their car in and leave it there for a few hours while it charges.
0: Right. Um, That's, That's just the one thing I don't think people comprehend at this point, which is when you go to a gas pump, even if you have a big, big old truck with a 30, 40 gallon tank, you can fill it up in a matter of minutes and be back on your way. Now, if you have to charge that thing, yeah, you need a lot more room. For the vehicles, yeah. because they're not coming in and out. They're coming in and, and sitting for a long
1: time. Yeah. The real cost is time, which means in order to get, a, you know, a, the, the average gas station on, a, say, an Internet or a interstate rest stop will probably, you know, let's say they serve a thousand vehicles per hour. Well, if each vehicle takes an hour to get its charge, now you just need space to store a thousand vehicles.
0: Sir Gene says a 30 minute fast charge is typical now. I hate to break this to you, sir, Gene, 30 minutes is not fast. No, it comes that's, to- <laughs> that's not actually fast. <laughs> you know, when it gets down to if, about five minutes, then uh,
1: then let me know if if I have time to go into the the gas station restroom and rub one out, then it's not a fast fill up. Well, this is why the concept
0: with these things was nobody owns their car. So you just drive a car and, and, and then you, you when know, you, when you stop if, at a charging station, you take another one.
1: Yeah, if re- yeah, if replaceable batteries aren't uh, don't become a thing, which I think is that's the way we get out of this conundrum, by the way, I think is replaceable batteries. But if they don't, then what you just said might be the way that we have to go, which is just uh you. Yeah. Actually, this isn't even new. This is this is just like back in the old west, where if you wanted to get somewhere really fast, like Pony Express, right, they'd ride really hard and completely wear out their horse, get to a, uh, the next town switch horses and then just keep going yeah so you and just, that's what you, this would be you to switch cars
0: and if you want to own the vehicle though then you're just going to have to own multiple electric vehicles and space yeah and them then out. store them at each rest <laughs> stop <laughs> yeah see now this i could see the auto industry might like that this is a very bezos solution yes yeah you don't <laughs> want to wait for your car to charge just buy extras
1: So, yeah, the quote from Inslee was setting and achieving a goal of 100 percent electric vehicles is too important to tie to the implementation of a separate policy like a road usage charge. The legislature is just thinking about how can we raise taxes and Inslee wanted to zero in on what's really important, which is virtue signaling.
0: Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see how all that changes, because they do bring in so much tax with the per gallon charge that when things do go electric they're going to have to figure out another way to do it and the whatever it is per mile pennies dollars who knows i don't think the average person is going to like that very much
1: no i i, I don't
0: think the average person likes more taxes no joe says they do because they want to do they want to pay their fair share
1: uh huh yeah well how is it that it's always people like joe who Probably doesn't even pay taxes, are the ones deciding (laughs) what a fair share is.
0: Well, we know he doesn't give to charity. That was one of the uh, he gives to apparently he gives to his grandkids, though. Yeah, via Venmo. Yeah, he should use crypto. Why isn't he on the crypto thing yet? Isn't he? He's not that cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Here, Joe, I need you to to uh, you know, authorize this. We're going to be transmitting some Cardano. Yeah, what cards?
0: Yeah, I got some cards.
1: Okay. The uh, the crypto market. Now, we're we're going to give some Ethereum to people. But No. The last time I drank Ether, it didn't work so well. <laughs> crypto is still having a
0: weird up and down uh, time since we were last on the show. This is the first one. Now, I for the last four shows where I had tracked this, what point zero five Ethereum was kept going up. And the first time we talked about it, it was at one hundred and thirty eight bucks. And then it kept going up. The last time we talked about it, which was on Friday, it was at one hundred ninety nine forty five down for the first time to one hundred and seventy three fifty one today. So Ethereum has been going down. Um, Elon Musk, one of the big reasons for this, which was the one interesting thing, because the cryptocurrency markets have almost always been tied to these big swings to whatever bitcoin does and this one was a little bit different and the concept was i think that a lot of people put a lot of faith in bitcoin because elon musk was saying stuff about it because tesla allegedly bought like one point something billion dollars i thought it was
1: it wasn't, it wasn't allegedly it was on their earnings statement they did buy it and then they sold some of it. it was part of their earnings
0: And the concept in between, I guess Elon realized Bitcoin takes a lot of energy. Hey, you should listen to this show
1: because we would have been, he would have known that much sooner. We we were, we were about the 3,741st podcast to point out that fact.
0: Yeah. But obviously all of those thousands of podcasters were more in than Elon Musk. But the most interesting thing to me during this last crash cycle was. Bitcoin was going down. It was like down 13 or 14 percent. Ethereum was going down like 13 or 14 percent. All those altcoins down, down, down. Cardano was up like 15 percent when this was going about, on. But you, you're burying the lead here. What about Doge? Doge was uh, it's going up and down still like a ping pong, <laughs> which there's it, it still makes no sense. Kind of like its namesake. Yeah. That why Doge does what it does i I wouldn't tie to anything in reality. A lot of cryptos shouldn't really be tied into anything in reality, which again it's a it's a gamble, so don't take any advice from us except for the fact that if you would have bought Cardano when we first talked about it about a month and a half, two months ago, you could have doubled your money and gotten out in about six to eight weeks so yeah, I mean, but there is that.
1: Bought- if you'd bought Doge 12 minutes ago, you could have doubled your money. Well, that is the story. But now it's down by 50%. <laughs>
0: yeah. and Well, and that was it. There was an, I saw another one of the stories remembered exactly what you said is like you'd never hear about the person that lost it all. You hear these great stories. And there was a guy who put a ton of money into Doge and he became a millionaire briefly But then didn't sell. Now it was back down to like a hundred and something thousand. (laughs) And it's like, okay, wait a minute. Why didn't you get the hell out when you hit the million? You're only
1: a millionaire if you can get out at the top. Yeah,
0: that's it. And why that, uh, why people weren't treating it as what everybody knows what Doge is. And it's a, it's a scam. That's all Doge is, is a scam. And that'll probably anger some people. I don't care. But the Doge thing started as a joke. It's still a joke. The only reason it's going up is because people are talking about it and manipulating it very much the same as GameStop. Nobody really thinks GameStop was a great company to invest in, but they got the stock to rise. And you're right. The trick was to get out at the top and not stay in thinking. I mean, this is the greed involved. In that kind of stuff, which is you know, oh, I put in you know fifty thousand dollars. Now I've got a million, but I'm going to push for more. And then like, oh,
1: well, I lost it now. You know, the hilarious thing about this is that uh, introducing a blockchain into it as has somehow made it so that tens of thousands of people can't recognize a pyramid scheme or a pump and dump. Yeah, just because it's it's crypto this time, it's different it's yeah. something that has value. It the the idea of taking people in by pump and dumps, the idea of fleecing large numbers of people with pyramid schemes has is as old as finance is in the modern civilization. But the idea of doing it by oh but but this is a crypto coin. It uh, somehow a lot of people just don't recognize it.
0: And I mean it's something that's fun to play around with. You have to be very careful before you start putting real money into it. There are people who have done really well, and there are people that have lost it all. But this has started a whole new swing of different crypto stories that have been popping up. There was one in the Independent over in the UK that somebody is creating a Caribbean or Caribbean, however you like to say it, uh, island that is going to become the world's first Bitcoin community where everything they do That is going to be the currency of choice, which I thought was interesting, because as we've discussed, the biggest issue with any of the cryptos, Bitcoin especially, is that the price fluctuates so much that it's hard to use those, you know, here in the United States. If I'm going in to buy a car and I send you the crypto and the second I send it to you, it's worth a one hundred thousand. But and the 20 minutes it takes for it to go through the system and verify it gets to you and it's worth 80,000 well then the person doesn't nobody <laughs> the guy on the other end's not happy with that
1: but well i mean that that only matters for as long as as your primary currency the way that you're measuring value is is still in dollars or or whatever fiat you're using uh as soon as you know and and the reason by the way the reason that this matters is because if you you know, if, if I am selling you a car for two bitcoins, I mean, an expensive car, uh, and I'm still having to pay dollars in order to get the components for the car, then the value to me is still in the dollars that I spent and therefore going up. But if, I mean, if, if somehow you can, and, and I don't know how this works, some kind of magical fairy dust you sprinkle on the economy, but if you can make it so that I'm selling you a car for one bitcoin and I paid, bitcoins to all of my vendors in order to get that, then I don't care that it's going up and down and up and down compared to the dollar. As long as it's, you know, all all the costs are in coin. We're definitely not there yet. Uh, And that is the reason why the instability is so painful. And it's going to be interesting to see how this
0: works out. Obviously this is for people who have a whole lot of money, this community, because it's going to be interesting to see if you could even have a small group, that kind of ignores what the outside value of the coin is and just uses it as, you know, you walk into a store and it's OK. Give me. Although, I mean, the thing that's the problematic with Bitcoin is
1: that here's here's my prediction. They can't.
0: Uh, yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Because, you know, if you walk into a store, though, it's it's kind of weird because the price is going to have to be, oh, I want that bottle of Coke. And it's going to be, well, that's point zero 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 one Bitcoin. Yeah,
1: it'll be, you know, okay. that bottle of Coke is is seven ninety nine Satoshi's or something. Right. And at at the corner market and your supermarket, you can probably do that. Any any transactions that are purely local to the island, you can probably do that. But. You're you can't. It it is going to be incredibly difficult to set up a full self-sustaining community that doesn't have to rely on things outside the community for daily necessities and as soon as you do especially you know if it's only the traders and merchants who have to go outside well their their prices are still going to be based on on how much money that they're having to put out and if if they're having to put out you know uh uh, 10,000 Satoshis today and 30,000 Satoshis tomorrow and 3,000 the next day, then either they're the ones absorbing that instability or your prices are still constantly going up and down for a loaf of bread. Yes.
0: Which it'll be interesting to see how that, I mean, it would have made more sense to me if somebody was going to try a system like this in a small country, Island, whatever that you wanted to have the whole area, the whole country, island whatever go to crypto is to start your own coin and try to decouple that from the outside world but which is by
1: the way well before computers were invented that's that's how um nation states kind of popped up was a bunch of people got together and they started their own their own economy and their own system and they created their own coin you know you start out trading chickens and eventually you trade little pieces of of rare metals and i mean that's an economy <laughs> it makes sense yeah. yeah and okay we're doing this electronically now okay well i mean the principle is the same just try to stay away from from emps i suppose well yeah yeah and um, make, make sure you invest in backups
0: back up all of no it's it's better if somebody could walk away with every bit of cryptocurrency that uh, exists in your little society because it's all existing in one little uh you know one little computer bank somewhere but that goes down the line for uh the other stories that are out here including that i don't think this is a surprise to anybody the irs is coming for crypto investors who haven't paid their taxes say an article in the wall street journal I mean, uh, screw those guys. <laughs> they want uh, they want you to pay your taxes. I saw an article on how much money the uh, Treasury office. Well, I don't know if it's said, but I'm assuming it's a lot. There was a next dot com article that the Treasury is seeking tools to trace cryptocurrencies that are linked to a sanctions list. Now, well, that means let's just stop about the end of that and just say the Treasury There's is seeking tools list? to trace crypto cryptocurrencies. And yeah, well. Like, oh, we discovered a new cryptocurrency. Good. Put it on the sanctions list, you know, and uh, the article from a futurism. Cryptocurrency is now worth more than all U.S. currency in circulation. So, yes, there is now more (laughs) (laughs) worth more to whom? Well, these are the questions that the world needs to answer. So. The overall amount of U.S. currency that's in circulation, there is now more cryptocurrency in circulation. So there's way more crypto than there is cash. Sure, and
1: if 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 I I'm going to go ahead and issue Bemrose coin today, and and I'll go ahead and value it at this, and and issue a hundred billion of them. Hey, look, now I have more money than God. Yeah, well, I mean, this means that it. there's
0: actually money in them. Yeah. So it's not that somebody just put the coin out. It means. People have put that much money, so physical money, or or it has been mined because of the value, but it's a very weird thing to try to wrap your brain around that if you take all the money in the United States, all the currency, that there is currently more crypto in existence. It's like, well, that just shows you the level that we're dealing with here, and if you don't think governments are going to start coming down more on this or at the very least, doing whatever they can to track this. And this is why the cryptos that are going to win, I mean, I do believe at some point the United States, as we've talked about with India and Australia is another one, I believe that they're looking to make some of these cryptos illegal because they realize that they can't control them. And it's going to be fun to watch, which is one of the reasons why these things can go up yeah super high, but then disappear back down to zero at some point because you know if you're a good citizen of wherever you know you're a good citizen of the United States all of a sudden. I don't care you got a billion dollars in Bitcoin, and the United States government says anybody that sells or buys Bitcoin from this point forward is a felon. Well, now, what are you gonna do uh, Yo ho me me matey. <laughs> a pirate's life for me. Yeah, was it Bill? Oh man, Bill Gates has such a large yacht. I believe this was a story I saw recently that there's a support yacht that travels alongside of it, and the support yacht even has like a helicopter pad and stuff on it. And I'm like, okay, that's the level I want to be, where my yacht <laughs> needs a support yacht on the side to, uh, you know, to carry. You know, I've
1: always claimed that that I want to have exactly enough money that I don't have to worry about money, and then I don't need any more than that. But you know what? I might need that yacht too. Yeah, the yacht would be very nice. It, it definitely helps uh,
0: with the babes. And yes, blitzed, you not know, just the, a felon, a traitor, too. That's right. And so it's not just a felon.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you can't you can't make anything illegal without also shaming people. Oh, and also cancel them from so, social media while you're at it. Uh, your your comment about the IRS going after people did make me think of something uh, it, it, that it seems to be endemic where we're working so hard to make uh, a bitcoin in particular cryptocurrency in in general really really easy to get in and out of and in fact it is a, a a stated goal to be able to make it as simple as possible i don't think we're there yet but as simple as possible to move money in and out of crypto uh, you know transaction fees are crazy these days but um and it's you know it's one of the reasons why the the volatility is is so crazy and but the IRS has decided that uh, Bitcoin is a a security, and that whenever you convert between Bitcoin and U.S. dollars, you owe capital gains on it. They've decided that, and I don't think most of the people who are getting in and dabbling really understand what that means. No, there
0: are massive tax repercussions. There's uh, well, it's something that everybody has to learn and you say of course they're trying to make this easy but i think there's a lot of people because we've dealt with them over on no agenda social or twitter or others where we've brought up crypto and a lot of people have questions like okay well how do i even get into this i think there are a lot of people that are still out there that i mean if i were to go to my parents and be like okay how would you buy ten dollars in bitcoin right now they'd be like i don't know You know, I don't. Where do you go? Where do you go for that? You can't go Uh, to you know Best Buy and pick up a Bitcoin card yet, but that'll probably be coming at some point. I I
1: mean, go to Coinbase, sign up for an account, and then give them your credit card and all your private data. I don't know.
0: Yeah, well, there's a lot of people who don't know about Coinbase, and there are you know Crypto.com. There's a few places online that you can do that. Around here, I think there are still. I haven't seen one recently, but I remember when these were being put out there. There are some crypto ATMs, which I always thought was a little bit weird as well, although they require you to like insert your license and get it scanned or whatever, because they want all of your information. So it wasn't, you know, immediate when I heard about these things, I thought this is great because I can go take a 100 bucks. I can go down to the crypto ATM and I can buy a one hundred dollars with my cash. And I'm, OK, there's going to be a fee, but I could go buy a one hundred dollars worth of Bitcoin that will be untraceable because I'm going to a physical location putting some cash in and converting that but the reality but, uh, was and, you have to give them all of your personal information and be verifiable
1: yeah uh, and, and the idea of having an atm for crypto and just bouncing it back and forth like it's currency is a really cool idea but as long as the irs has decided it's a security uh then uh, trying to use like uh, How many people know that that using an ATM to bounce some in in and out of Bitcoin or or even worse, as as Blitz just pointed out in the troll room, uh, the people who are going in and trying to capitalize on the volatility by day trading Bitcoin. How many of them understand the sheer amount of paperwork that they're signing themselves up for next April 15th?
0: Yes. And you have to be aware of that because the government might know more about your bitcoin than you do and you if you don't
1: oh you better damn well believe that <laughs> uh, you know, coinbase or whoever else is it, it well first of all they're of course reporting your transactions but more importantly the the IRS is if they don't get they they will in the next 2 years has full departments dedicated To downloading the public blockchain, pouring through it, connecting accounts to people and going, okay, you owe, you know, you bought this many bitcoins on this date for this and you sold this many bitcoins. And pretty soon they'll just have an algorithm that they'll be able to throw at it that says, okay, you know, you bought bitcoins on this date. You sold them on this date at uh, this rate and therefore uh, go ahead and pay us an extra fifty thousand dollars.
0: And if it's like the gambling uh, rules. You can lose all you want; that's fine. But the minute you make a profit on something, then they're gonna they're gonna. Charge I think people.
1: that's how capital gains works. Yes, and uh, it? to answer, and, it, by the way, they they never give you a refund if you if you gain one and then you lose the next quarter. Right, it's different.
0: It's it's a game. But to answer Thor McHammer in the troll room, if you're not in the troll room, we do these shows live Monday and Friday at noon Eastern. No stream dot com. You're missing out. I was asking if Coinbase is a legitimate. Slash safe organization. And yes, Coinbase is. They are even FDIC insured. They are registered. They are completely on the up and up. So, as of the
1: end of the month, they're publicly traded.
0: Yeah, that's true. They are publicly traded now. So, I wouldn't worry about Coinbase stealing your money. Now, all your crypto can still disappear when crypto crashes. And as it's being pointed out in the troll room, there are a lot of places that you can go online to. Uh, transfer your crypto around and there's a lot of those that uh, i would be uh, i'd be a little more cautious of but no coinbase is absolutely if you're looking to get your toe dipped into the crypto water coinbase is a safe place to do it i mean if you if you trust your local bank or you know bank of america or anything like that coinbase is on the same footing as those
1: I, I want to address something that one of the trolls said a few minutes ago in the troll room. And, uh, I, I don't know if that troll is still available, but, uh, said, uh, I can't believe these guys are ragging on crypto so much and still asking for it. And <laughs> it, it, when you put it that way, it sounds hypocritical, but I don't think we're ragging. I think that we are, I, I don't, I, I'm not completely down on, on cryptocurrency. I'm not the kind of person who says, Oh, this all sucks. I mean, well, okay. I say that about lots of things, but it's kind of my default, but I don't think we're ragging on it. I think what we're doing is trying to make sure that we have a, a, a realistic and accurate view of, of the complications that can arise of going gung ho and becoming a disciple and diving headfirst into this and, and, you know, what can go wrong? Right. I, before I was a podcaster, I had an entire career where I would take some developers, pristine, beautiful code and tear the shit out of it and explain all the ways that it can go wrong. And yeah, that probably feels like ragging, but I always considered it like, okay, well, you know, your code does work in this path, but here's all the ways that you could fix it because it's going to crash this. And I feel like I'm doing the same thing with, with almost everything we bring to this story is we're taking this and yeah, okay. We, it might be a Debbie downer. It might be OKE, Or, but what we're doing is, is bringing, uh, we're bringing a much needed blast of cold water to the unbridled zealotry that we see attached to a lot of technological things for the only reason that they are technological things. Yeah. And
0: I get it because, there's a lot of the fear of missing out with the crypto going on right now because you're seeing these stories of, hey, I put $15,000 into um, into Dogecoin. Somebody pointed out in one of these articles I read recently, I wish I could remember exactly what it was. And if I can, I'll note it in the show notes. But with all of these government stimulus payments that have been going out to people, this one article, and maybe it was a BuzzFeed article, pointed out if you took those government payments, which were like what fifteen hundred dollars or something like that, for the three times that they had sent those out because they sent these things out three different times, like fifteen hundred bucks each time that if you would have invested the day you got your money from the government in Dogecoin, all three of those immediately took that fifteen, fifteen, and fifteen and left it in there over that period that you would have over five hundred thousand in Dogecoin right now from that forty five hundred dollars. Of the government stimulus payments. Now, to me, if people don't look at that as this is gambling and this is insane, I don't know another way to look at this because there is nothing normal about this to have any asset, I don't care what it is, to go up that quickly, you know, in that short of a period of time. It makes zero logical sense, which is why it will probably go back down at some point. You're playing a game. There are no rules when you watch the crypto stuff. Well, there's only one rule that I have kind of figured out with this crypto stuff. And that is in almost any 24-hour period, there's going to be about a 10% or 12% swing in almost any cryptocurrency, whether it's going up or going down. It happens all the time, which just shows you The volatility of this. Now, I get it. I hate the fact that if you have a little bit of money sitting around and you want to get a savings account, you're lucky if you can get one percent annually now. So I understand why people are like, well, this crypto seems like a much better deal.
1: Except, Uh, I don't think savings accounts are a good deal. One percent annually is what you're getting on your money. And meanwhile, inflation is almost outstripping that these days.
0: Yes, but your money doesn't disappear. That's the one good thing about the savings account.
1: Yeah, you know what else the money doesn't disappear is if you put it underneath your mattress. <laughs> well, it depends. Depends if Depending your wife on knows where the money is under mattress.
0: the mattress, then it could disappear. Like, honey, where is that $10,000? You are
1: you are making me feel really bad that I, I selfishly wasted all of my government money on, on stupid things like groceries Food. and mortgage. <laughs> yeah,
0: why didn't you put it into Dogecoin? You could have been independently wealthy right now. Yeah. And- no, I'm a podcaster still. You know, and this is where even with the cryptos that I believe in, like Cardano, and I do think there is reason why this will be more used as we move forward and that the value will go up. I mean, I don't know how much, but the fact that even this kind of a coin over the last two months has about doubled in value, that's still insane that if you're like, well, okay, we used to, you know, you play that game with, you know, as a day trader or something like that. If you're playing into these markets, it's like if you would have started with a thousand dollars oh, and I doubled my money in two months. OK, two months later, you got two thousand. Well, if you can double it again in two months, that's four. You could double that again. Eight before you know it. You've got a lot of money
1: and it's yeah. Be- before you know it. You've got a lot of money on paper and then right before you get out the whole thing crashes back to zero
0: yes or the tax rate on crypto becomes 99% yeah and it's still the argument of whether it is a currency and that is what uh, what ripple why the government I don't know why they were going after them specifically but ripple had crashed when they were kind of pointed out singled out as being a security but there is something to be said for that because people aren't buying Bitcoin, you're not getting into this so you could go down to the store and buy your groceries with it. It is something that people are investing in. And there aren't really any cryptocurrencies, at least none of the major ones, that people are using for day-to-day transactions. Sure, can you send money that way? You can. But a vast majority of people are buying the currency in the hopes that they go up, and they are treating them more like a stock, more like a security. Then, oh, I just want some of this particular currency. It's not like, oh, I'm going to Ireland or I'm going over to the, you know, easier now, the UK. So I need to get some pounds because that's what they use there. And this isn't that. This is people that are hoarding the coin or, in you know, taking the coin and holding on to it and hoping that it goes up in value. I don't think there's a lot of people in any of these that. Are buying it we talked about the with ethereum which for a while was the coin that you could kind of use which is kind of what i'm seeing cardano is not as far as what the fees to use it are ethereum right now the fees are probably going to be more if you go buy a hundred dollars worth of groceries your fee to the ethereum network could be 50 bucks just to process the transaction this is not something that is being used for transact when you have to pay that much just to move it's not a currency right you if you have to pay that much to move some of the currency from one wallet to another you're absolutely right it's not a currency at that point
1: uh, i mean be, before crypto uh mastercard or american express where some of the what, what the discover card i think was the worst with like they had 10 percent fees people thought that was outrageous and now crypto is like you know This Discover card fee seems uh, pretty reasonable.
0: (laughs) Yes, it seems legit, uh, which is the one thing I do like about Coinbase. Although I am, I keep saying I'm going to do it. Uh, I need to get a hardware wallet to transfer our crypto into rather than keeping it on Coinbase. But one thing I like about Coinbase is they do not.
1: I'm I'm, I'm seeing another excuse to invest in that Raspberry Pi.
0: Yeah, well, it could definitely be used, but you can also get like a little USB type thing as well,
1: but uh, don't don't shatter my dreams of creating. Uh, yeah. Well, I still want I still want to get the Raspberry Pi to set up my own lightning node here. Not not because I think it financially makes sense, but because it seems like it would be a toy to play with.
0: Yeah. And little pieces of money could come in. I mean, we we haven't gotten rich yet on Satoshi's. I can. Uh, I looked earlier today. There were a few. That have been added since the last time, partially thanks to comic strip blogger who was like, I will check it for you. And uh, and he sent a few Satoshis along the way. So thank you, CSB. But the hardware wallet, I mean, it seems like it would probably be a little safer. But Coinbase does give you the opportunity if you want to play this day trader mentality, because one of the coins they have, they have just a, a US coin that doesn't, you know, you could just put it into cash into your account. You don't have to cash out. You can transfer between any crypto, as far as I can tell, because I've done this a couple of times, without them charging you. So if you have money in Bitcoin and you're like, no, I think Bitcoin's going to go down. I want to put it in Cardano. You can put all of that money into Cardano and they won't charge you anything to do so. And then if you want to move that Cardano into something else, they won't (laughs) charge you as long as it's staying in
1: Coinbase. Yeah, I was going to say until you try to turn it into something that you can buy groceries with.
0: Correct. But if you're using this as an investment and you want to play that game of I want to try to catch the wave on a hourly basis, whatever you want to do, minute by minute basis, you can do that with Coinbase and they won't charge you unless there's a certain amount of transactions. Once you do that, they do it. I don't know. I would have to look into and, it more.
1: And for anybody who does decide to do that, remember that grumpy old Ben's. us. Uh, as with any podcast, we have to give out the the requisite warning. We are not giving financial advice, but uh, uh, the the one piece of advice I will give you is: if you're going to start day trading crypto, just be aware that the IRS is out there, and they don't. They're pretty soon they're going to be starting throwing an algo at the blockchain.
0: Tiger Mick Meow Meow, which I
1: mean, <laughs> love great, that name.
0: Great name. Like, oh, there are still gas fees. I didn't notice it when I did that, but he's like, uh, they will still charge you gas fees, and you can fuck yourself fast. I did it last week, so I hope you at least, uh, you know, had a very uh, satisfied feeling afterwards.
1: Yeah, yeah. How's the refractory period on that one? <laughs> um,
0: yeah, I guess you always do the math yourself. That also makes sense before you start moving things around. I, like I said, I've only done it a few times when I wanted to move out of one crypto into another. Uh, But if there I guess there is if there is still a percentage, that's good to know, because I don't didn't see that added on the uh, on the paperwork, but or the, you know, what's not actual paper on the transaction. But I mean, know how much money's going in and then look at how much is there when you convert.
1: So I had uh, I had another story. Um, The title that I put down for this story is Zuck licked the third rail again.
0: (laughs) Uh, Speaking of screwing yourself. (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, this is on the heels of, uh, was it, was it just last week we had the story about Instagram for children and how there, there was nothing, but there, there was nothing good that could come out of starting that service. Yeah. Well, yeah, because well,
0: that's the internet as a whole trying to make things kid friendly. Come on.
1: Uh, yeah. Here's a way to, uh, just, just a quick note for parents. If you want the internet to be kid friendly, don't give them the internet when they're a kid. But, that's what I've been uh, saying. People say I'm nuts, though. You are. But okay. not for that reason. Thank you. Uh, so Instagram has done it again. Uh, this one, I, I don't think that this is quite as horrible as it sounds. But, man, did it cause a massive Twitter freak out. And then again, you know, the, the sun comes up in the morning. It causes a massive Twitter freak out. So adjust your expectations accordingly. Um, Instagram added a drop down to your profile in in your Instagram profile said add pronouns to your profile uh this drop down contained 41 different pronouns that you could select (laughs) from now and why is this a problem tell me you know the answer well because
0: that's excluding more i mean this is kind of weird not enough yeah it's excluding (laughs) some and they're picking winners and losers that's the problem right
1: Exactly. They they offered a drop down and their drop down wasn't just he, him, you know, her, she, her. It, they didn't I mean, they didn't fall into the trap of assuming there were only two genders because only Republicans would do that. No, they offered 41 options. And the biggest problem that they came across was uh that there weren't enough, that they were excluding. Uh This article came from Zero Hedge, and I got to appreciate the the economy of of effort by this particular zero hedge author, because he pretty much let Twitter write his article. Uh, Actually, I don't, (laughs) I I have to back up because I don't know that the author of the article goes by him and his. So Uh
0: um, you might've just misgendered somebody. We are going to get mail. And
1: if I do, then Darren at grumpy go ahead and complain. Um, But uh, lots of complaints on Twitter about missing uh, it and it's, which apparently was a, a really big omission that they didn't offer your pronoun. You can't, you couldn't be called it. I, I, I don't know when I was growing up. That was, that was an insult, <laughs> but people, uh, um, one comment, this should just be a box for us to type in. Having to pick from a predetermined list excludes people who use less common neo pronouns. That by the way, from a purely technical perspective is the right answer. Don't give, if if you are going to go through the effort of acknowledging at least 41, just give them a text box. Be like, you know what? You could put in. Yeah. But um, then
0: people are going to spell things differently and they want to I, track know, the, these. the problem
1: is people are going to put fucking shit in there or, <laughs> or, or something. And, and yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, people are people are going to put things in that you say you people would be like, uh, you know, uh, hydrochloroquine is my pronoun right, and, or
0: like fuck Instagram.
1: Uh, yeah, something. Um uh, one one comment in all caps, God damn it Instagram give us an any pronouns feature um <laughs> uh, but uh the one I liked the most was uh this is incredibly discriminatory. Why does it not let me put your slash mom
0: <laughs> This is the problem with wokeness. it is it makes no sense. I don't even know why Instagram needs that information, I mean, w- w- what is this helping besides them tracking people? Is- I,
1: I don't I don't think Instagram needs it. I, I honestly think that, uh, you know, people, A they, they were responding to the, you know, there is a freeform field where you just, in your bio, in in your profile, a lot of sites have this, but Instagram has one that has a freeform field of, you know, 200, 300 characters, whatever it is, that you can put a bio about who you are and what you do. And, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a, uh, you know, penis magnet. I'm a freeform, uh, thought bubble. I don't know. And people were putting their pronouns in there and people were asking for, well, we need this to be an actual field. So we don't have to take up, uh, valuable characters in our bio in order to tell people what our pronouns are because. If if you are in the scene where pronouns matter, then it is critically important that every time that you present yourself to somebody, they have to know what your pronouns are, because that way they can address you correctly and not inaccurate mispronoun you or whatever. Uh, so I think this was in response to people demanding that they offer a field outside the bio for pronouns, but the way that they implemented it just wasn't good enough. Well, because the world is never quite woke enough. Well, it's it's because the the, the woke ideology doesn't have a concept of enough. Well,
0: although it, I will say uh, there was an update on the one story that was going around with Disney that they left their you know training materials or whatever it was online where they were teaching everybody, of course, that white people were horrible and white people were the problem. And there was a bunch of pushback. Because there was a reporter, I'm forgetting his name now, and that's sad because he was a one person that really did expose this, and Disney has now backtracked. I guess there was enough backlash. Coca-Cola, the same thing. There was a recent story that Coke was going all woke, and I guess maybe the sales of Coke went down enough where the people in the boardroom at Coke went, hey, what's going on? And people are like, nobody likes you because you're woke. And they're like, well, let's get out of that
1: then. So selling poisonous sugar water wasn't enough to reduce their sales. Nope. (laughs) But but being woke was. Yeah. Does that tell you the state of. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's because people are addicted to certain things to to your poisonous sugar
0: water. And the thing is, with poisonous sugar water, there's Coca-Cola, there's Pepsi Corp. And then there's a bunch of other smaller companies down the line that you can get that drug from. So if you don't like your particular supplier, you can go to somebody else. And that's the problem for Coke when they got really woke was, oh, wait a minute. We're actually turning people off. And rather than think like, oh, well, we have to go to you. They're just going to start buying Pepsi or they're going to buy Royal Crown or they're going to buy something else, which because there's very few things that are out there in the world when it comes to products that you can't choose a similar one if the person putting out one of the products makes you mad that's that's how competition is supposed to work yeah the only thing right. i've noticed that kind of doesn't fall into that is lego cuz my wife's really been getting into the lego lately and i was I, thinking about it i'm like you well, know what if you want to buy you know music well there's a lot of people can, there's different record stores if you want to buy just about anything else there's different brands that you can go to it's like if you like that type of little building thing and those types of you know little bricks. There's nothing except Lego knockoffs, which are they go after the little Chinese knockoffs.
1: Well, if, if if the Lego knockoffs are high enough quality, then yes, there is competition. I think one of the reasons why Lego the the Lego brand has been so successful is first of all they are constantly coming up with new ideas. Uh, you know, maybe not new ideas if fundamentally, but. Uh, the the cash cow came when they started connecting with with the Hollywood and the the media properties and and coming out with branded things like like the Star Wars figurines and stuff. Um, that that turned into a giant cash waterfall. But I feel like Lego would have real competition if anybody else could duplicate their their product quality. It's possible.
0: I, I mean, that is that's a part of it.
1: The, the problem I have with the uh, well, I mean, nobody else because of of IP and patents, nobody else is going to be able to make the you know, you're not going to have a knockoff Lego Death Star or something because uh, Disney will not give the rights to make a Death Star to anyone else. And so it would end up being a Chinese knockoff that's unauthorized. And right. actually, that might happen anyway, which do
0: they exist And almost every, yeah, I, every Lego <laughs> set. There is uh, there's a couple of different brands out there. So it sounds
1: like there is competition,
0: but you have to buy them through like Alibaba. You can't buy them at any store in your area. You can't buy them on Amazon. Can you
1: buy them on the dark web using crypto with a 50% gas fee? Probably.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Or at least on Alibaba, you can buy it there as well. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, then it sounds like Lego does have some
0: competition. We need to get those into the regular stores because that is looking at and it's it's a beautiful thing because I'm a big fan of the original Star Wars flicks. And the Millennium Falcon, that Lego, the set that they have out there now, looks awesome. But at a $799 price tag.
1: See, it, I've never been into the sets. And that's probably one of the reasons why. Yeah.
0: And you could buy that from the Lepin, I think, is the brand of one of the knockoffs. You can buy the knockoff for like 300 So,
1: I mean, when when, when I was a kid, I always like getting the. You know, we, we get a few sets, but the sets were always incredibly expensive for, you don't get a lot of bricks in them because you're supposed to put together the set. And that was the least interesting thing I could do with the Legos. I just wanted the interesting shaped pieces, but then we get the, the knockoff for the bulk giant tub of just bricks. Cause then when you want to build something, you want the bricks, but the thing that always bugged me about the knockoffs. And I don't know if that's true of modern knockoffs cause I don't buy Legos anymore, but, um, Was they'd always use like the 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 plastic that they used it'd be just a little too soft or a little too brittle and wouldn't snap together right or or if it snapped together it'd shatter when you try to pull it apart. It it was always a quality issue with the knockoffs for me for me. I don't know what the I don't know what Lego has, but if 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 some Chinese company can build me generic bricks that are compatible with Lego and don't cost three dollars a brick then
0: uh, right I, if, you, like, if you don't believe that the the factory in china that's making lego isn't like turning off the uh the conveyor belts every night and they're changing lego to something else and putting them back on yeah uh, maybe
1: <laughs> just switch out the dyes and the only difference between them is they don't stamp the word lego on it yeah pretty much maybe. the same you know yeah it's, well it, I, I if it is if it's the same quality then the I I guess I'm not I'm not the right kind of Lego user anymore.
0: You're old and not buying more. Yeah, they don't like you. They want you yeah. to keep buying.
1: Yeah, well, I, yeah, could take your take your stand in line with with Nintendo and Xbox and all of the other things that I used to like. And now I don't now you're a podcaster. Yeah, it seems to take up all my time.
0: <laughs> now you invest your money no, in microphones and audio processing gear. Speaking of audio processing gear funds. Oh, you, you want to, I was going to say you want to thank some experts, but we can't we can't do that today. We can't. I thank, want to thank some experts. We can't thank experts today. Well, damn, we can only thank an expert.
1: Oh, we have. OK, <laughs> we had nothing.
0: <laughs> we have one. You're freaking me out here. We have one expert, and that would be Michael Flynn from the beautiful land of ire. And he Iyer? comes in Ireland. Oh, but when they get upset, like oh, like, he, like he's pissed off, right? The land of ire, and they are—they're <laughs> pissed off at Ireland because he's got a note came in with twenty-five bucks, and he says, uh, "Hi, Darren. Congratulations on the Johnson and Johnson sponsorship. So, thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> yes, yes. When will I get my half of that check? <laughs> It'll be as soon as I do. As soon as that okay. comes in, he said. The story on the Irish we- health service was not funny. Like, well, um, it, well, it's kind of funny from the aspect of I'm not in Ireland and that your whole well, uh, that's the service, trick, isn't it? Yeah, that your whole health service was hit by ransomware and that, but I get it. It's not funny when you're dealing with it. Uh, he says a quarter of us are on waiting lists. I'm assuming for the vax,
1: he says. When right. I hear uh, maybe they just like waiting, it could be, isn't They're, it? a. Isn't it a British thing to love standing in queues for no reason whatsoever? They stand in a queue
0: for the ability to then stand in another queue. But I mean, the yeah. other queue's better, so I'll stand in this queue. To get so into waiting that list queue.
1: is like is like a chance to wait your turn in order to get into a queue.
0: Yes, quite possibly. He says when I hear about Ryan's internet precautions, I think it's the internet equivalent of wearing gloves, mask, and eye goggles. Which yeah, I mean that's like turning JavaScript off, and uh, and doing that. He says, stay safe, which we rarely do. And then uh, added some more on our health system. There's a private sector that is probably cheaper than the US system, meaning for healthcare. I have no idea. Every so often, though, somebody needs some obscure medical procedure and everybody donates some money to send them off to America. It's a great system, he says. So when things really get bad, when you have a health issue in Ireland, what they do is all your family and friends, I guess, put some money together and send you to the United States to come get it taken care of because I mean <laughs> go America. See, I,
1: I, I am constantly complaining about the health system in America, which is is way too expensive and the the costs are completely opaque. You can't you, you can't make informed decisions on for your own health care because of insurance companies and overregulation and you know, I feel like the American system is completely broken with regards to how much red tape and bureaucracy and and overregulation there is. And stories like this remind me that it is immensely worse in other places. Because people, you know, when people in other places are like, "Well, I actually need the kind of freedom that capitalism offers," so let's go to America. And I'm like, "Did this is better?"
0: Right. I mean, you hear that a lot, especially people coming in from Canada because they have the similar healthcare system that when you need an operation, I mean, if you have an operation that has to be done in a timely manner by a skilled surgeon, they often want to come here because this is where it's done better. This is where we have more knowledge on a lot of these things. And I mean, I agree that the system in the United States is partially broken not completely but it's partially broken and things could be done a lot better especially when it comes to things like uh, medicare and medicaid and the different plans you have to sign up for and you know if you don't sign up for them in the right amount of time then if you do in a couple of years then you end up paying a lot more i mean there's it, it's a lot of like stupid with, stuff
1: it's like with that code that i was talking about testing where like well you know, it actually, it works about 85% of the time, but I'm not here to pat you on the back for when it works. Here's what happens. The other 15% you suck. And that's why I'm always complaining about stuff. You're always nitpicking.
0: Absolutely. And uh, it was, there's been some interesting, uh, before the show, our buddy Omaha was like, how much vaccine talks there going to be today? And I'm like. I wasn't planning on any. Are you demanding something? He's like, oh, God, no. I, it's, is that something people want? <laughs> I don't know.
1: He said no. It was um, something I didn't even want. Like, I'm sitting, sitting here in protest through your entire Johnson & Johnson native ad from last time. Well, yeah, I had
0: no side effects, which I thought was a good thing. Now, Eric Clapton I, is ha, making ha, news. Ha, haven't
1: had a full moon
0: yet. <laughs> <laughs> We're waiting for the werewolf to come out. Um, Eric Clapton is taking a lot of crap. A, not unrightfully so i think
1: here you go saroma you know
0: he is uh reporting something that he said happened to him and i believe him and of course he's getting so much hate on twitter it's amazing how quick people will turn on somebody uh you know i've seen comments on him like oh yeah he did all the heroin and cocaine and all this yeah but this he can't handle what a wimp
1: and it's like well yeah. what does one yeah. have to
0: do with the other
1: I I mean, uh, people will turn on you. Where though, uh, the, the, the mainstream news? Stop watching that garbage. Twitter. I, I pe- people will turn if the, if the wind shifts direction. People will turn and and start railing against the leaves coming from the other w- Don't take it personally. You know what? I, Eric Clapton. You do you. Right.
0: Well, see, try not to die. That's yeah. Those are those are the things that I fully believe in. But we saw that even on No Agenda Social a little. And as I told our buddy Spencer. I'll argue with you all day long because I like you that. I don't mind if we have a difference of opinion. I just don't like that. The belittling aspect of the stuff where you want to put somebody down for the choice that they made. It's like this opens up a whole new can of worms that doesn't need to be divisive. We can all just gather around the campfire and believe in the things we do and support each other in the choices that we make. Sir Spencer makes decisions in his life. I'm sure that I think are totally stupid, but I'm not like, dumbass. Why'd you do that? You know, if, just just be a little more positive and
1: supportive. Don't fall into the divisive stuff. Uh, well, one of the things that I, I think I told you, I think it was in the back channel. So, of course, I, I'll go ahead and bring it out into the public was uh, the the idea, at least the one that I try to live by. And I'm I'm not. I'm the first to admit that I I make it 85 percent of the time, but the other 15 percent, fuck that guy. Um, but judge the action, not the person. Um, they, I I think we we can get along a whole lot better if we can just do a little more of that. Don't you know? Okay, you you think that Darren did something incredibly stupid by poisoning his body? Well, okay, but that doesn't make Darren dumb. It means he did something that you don't agree with. Also, um, you know, I, I your body, your choice. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's it. That's
0: freedom. And I did hear from a few producers of the well, experts of this show, producers of the No Agenda Show, who have been vaxxed and will dare not speak about it publicly because of that's, the kind of backlash. That and, is
1: so screwed up that it, it, you know, in in the like. Here in the greater Seattle area, anybody who has even remotely a, a single conservative thought will never ever mention it for fear of being completely chastised in public for it. Just the culture has moved so that if, if you think even remotely a little bit different than your local hive mind, then you are stomped on. And the idea that that might be popping up in in our little community here is a little bit sickening. It is because there's a lot of different uh,
0: categories that people fall into. When it comes to this, there's definitely different health issues. I think it's absolutely insane that kids are getting these vaccines. Our buddy Larry from that Larry show posted. He has two friends, one at a 15 year old kid, one a 16 out there, I'm guessing in the L.A. area that both got the Pfizer jabs. And both start having seizures after who had never had seizures before. It's like, I don't see any reason to give kids the vaccine I'll, and I'll stand up for anybody that doesn't want to take the vaccine. It's just when you want to call me a name or belittle my choice, then I have a problem with that because there's no reason to do that.
1: I mean, I, I see very little reason for most adults to get the vaccine, too. But uh, yeah, if, you're if, healthy, if you're an adult, you at least are in a position where you can make your own medical decisions. Well, at least you would hope so. I mean, I don't I, I'm know. not saying you have the ability or, <laughs> yes. or the knowledge or the critical thinking skills to do it, but you have the right. And I mean, you're always like, hey, why are you arguing with the trolls? It's like, well, one, I think it's fun. Yeah. Uh, and two, by the way, the, the preceding vaccine segment was brought to you by Sir Oma.
0: <laughs> yes. Thank you for that. Uh, um, when uh, when and Sir Gene was getting a little uppity in the troll room earlier, I kicked him to be funny, but he never came back. So, uh, you know,
1: no, he's complaining on NAS. <laughs>
0: He always is complaining. Uh, it's but when you're doing a show, there's there's very few rules in the troll room. The main I, one is don't piss off the people that are currently live doing a show, and then it's okay, don't I, piss off the moderators.
1: I was going to do this in in the the post show because I'm not sure that it needs to be on the main show, but I'll just point out in in the troll room the rule that I've always gone by. I've I've actually been a moderator for a no agenda show in the troll room for many years not not the whole time it's been around, but for a while. Um, the rule that I always go first of all if it's if there's no live show going on, then say whatever the hell you want. Don't don't ruin the troll room. Don't make it so other people can't use it, so you'll get kicked for flooding and stuff. But Otherwise, whatever. I'm not you, I'm not going to worry about it. Say anything you want. You, everybody has an ignore command. Um, But if there's a show going on, then you're not just a troll. You are also a producer. And, and we love you you. You, you. you are you are a person. The troll room is a part of the show, at least for the ones that use it. And we use it and no agenda uses it. And the rule that I've always gone by is that if you are a producer, then your goal is to make the show better. And if you are making the show worse, you need to not be doing that. And if you're going to continue doing that, you're going to be kicked out of the troll room. That's pretty much the the rules that I've been using. So if, if you want to troll and, and throw out new ideas and contrary things, that's fine. But if you want to make the host skip a beat or, or throw out non sequiturs or, or, you know, just be mean and nasty, during a show, you're not making the show better and you don't need to be there.
0: Only Nick, the rat could pull that off. Still, one of yeah. my favorite moves in the troll room ever was when, when Adam Curry went to do the listener count at one point. And right as he was doing the listener count, all in caps, it was a Nick, the rat. Fuck you, Curry, with a smiley after it. <laughs> and, and Adam broke for a second giggled and was like yeah you i love you too nick or something like that it was like that was that was pure genius
1: yeah yeah and then and then i got uh one of your favorite drops to play is uh oh Bemrose. why are you gonna do that
0: yeah that is also true so, he didn't like when you did it as much and i we are not here to argue with people in the troll room during the show it's way easier to type like the five letters that i had to do to kick sir to, to let him know i didn't like what he was posting rather than you know stop that
1: so i brought a uh,
0: an IOT story. Ooh, I do have one thing Sorry. to mention before that, which okay. is the show you did with the great Carl with a K from who are these podcasts where you mentioned the Amazon story. A woman from the research team at safety detective <laughs> from the research lab did email me asking for me to link to their full report to which I responded with the link you just gave me was in our show notes. So one, I don't know how they found if they didn't realize oh, wow. it was in the show notes, but she was happy. Her name was Julia. She was happy that you covered the story wow. and wanted the a link
1: back safetydetectives.com slash blog slash Amazon reviews leak report was, yes. in fact, in our show notes. That's what I
0: responded with. But I was just kind of like, oh, wait, you found our site. You found that we talked about you. You found my email address, but you couldn't see the link to your site right there in the episode that you linked to.
1: It's okay. Not not everybody is really good at investigating online. That is true. But but you know what? I I did appreciate what these people did because they 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 dug up some amazing dirt, which was uh, a valuable story. And frankly, counts as far better journalism than you're going to get out of most of the people that call themselves journalists these days. I appreciate people doing that. I do.
0: I agree. So now your IOT story, I mean, this is probably Uh, something where all IOT devices are safe now.
1: Um no not so much. However, this particular one is a uh, a a product which is entirely about safety. Mm-hmm. Um this is uh so I uh, I don't know if you're familiar with motocross. I I pretty much wasn't. Uh but there's a an organization called Moto GP who made motorcycle airbags compulsory for all competitions in 2018. Uh a motorcycle airbag is effectively a a suit or vest that you wear that if you fly off the motorcycle, it pops up and suddenly you're surrounded by a balloon, which helps <laughs> immensely with road rash and bouncing off of objects. It it has been demonstrated to save people from some particularly horrible health effects such as death. That's awesome. Uh, and I you know, the I've I've seen videos of these things working. Uh it, it just the very idea sounds really cool because, you know, in in a car, the airbag pops up and fills the car and now you're inside of a big, squishy container and that's how you're safe. But on a motorcycle, there is no container. Right. So they just attach the airbag to you. And just the idea of the airbag sounds really cool. Well, uh, MotoGP made it so that everybody has to be wearing one of these all the time. Um, They've got some rules to it. It must cover the collarbone or shoulders Um, full or central back protection is optional, but if you do have back protection, it must be your full spine. Um, There's some regulations where they test it for the time it takes to inflate uh, the trigger to inflate, whether or not it accidentally inflates. Uh, They
0: they even have... I could yeah, just imagine you don't want to be going through a turn and then you turn into the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man.
1: <laughs> exactly. And they even have a test where they verify that if it accidentally inflates, it does not impede your control of the motorcycle <laughs> and cause a crash. <laughs> uh, however, the manufacturers of these things do act, are expected to self-certify. So they're just spot testing. I, that's fine. I You don't you don't want to. Uh, when when you're running motocross, you don't want to have to set up a huge testing organization when the manufacturers can do it. But anyway, uh, the idea is that you don't want uh, just because you you want to create a spectator sport of people going really fast and going around curves and stuff on motorcycles. That is cool to watch, but that doesn't mean you want to turn your riders into red crayons. So uh, the, the idea is great. This is about a, an airbag vest from a company called Klim. Uh, They have a vest called an AI one. The promotional material for the AI one is a whole new era of platform where analog meets digital and results in a superior protection story. And if that didn't mean anything to you,
0: I agree. It was great marketing (laughs) hype, though, a superior protection story.
1: Yes. Well, the, the part that scares me is where analog meets digital. And that's why I called it an IOT story. Um, they have taken the idea of a vest, which is effectively, it's an airbag. It comes, uh, the, the modern ones seem to come with it's, it's got the, the blow up pockets and then the trigger is usually an accelerometer maybe attached to a chip that check uh, in order to determine whether or not you've blown off the bike. Uh, the idea being, again, they don't want it to blow up while you're on still on the bike and upright. Um, this particular one, however, uh is it, they they created a vest which I guess is stylish and a bunch of straps and stuff, and then they attached it to an airbag module um and they're selling it for four hundred dollars. but once you have the four hundred dollars, you're still not wearing a motorcycle airbag. you have to then download an app to activate it oh, of course, of course, of course you have to have an app why not my my safety harness comes with an app now, but in order to activate it. You have to pay, and this is on top of the $400 you already paid to buy the thing. You have to pay 400 more for a total of 800 in order to activate it permanently. Or, and here's where it gets great. They have a subscription service. You can subscribe for $12 a month to have your airbag turned on for, for or $120 a year. Um, the article that I read came from motherboard. And, uh, they asked the obvious question, uh, what if somebody doesn't pay? And, uh, the spokesman for the company confirmed that, uh, quote, if someone pauses their subscription and forgets to restart it, then they won't actually be able to get their, uh, their in, in and, in, oh, into ride ready status when they go to turn it on. If they then choose to ignore the indicators and ride with it inactive, that's on them. And we can expect it to not inflate in the event of a crash. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that. uh It doesn't seem to make any sense, because why do you need this connectivity for it to work? Or is it just because they're trying to get more money out of you?
1: I I mean, if you buy it with the with the contract attached that says you have to pay monthly or you're going to become a red smear if you crash, then I, I guess, you know, the I, this is this is not that different from uh, car manufacturers that are. Uh, the, the increasing and, and bothersome trend of paywalling features with software and then turning them on if you pay with an OTA update, which I hate. Um, the, the only thing is safety features are, are regulated on cars by the government. They're regulated out the ass. The motorcycle safety features, not so much, but the very idea of I'm going to buy this airbag vest and then activate it with an app that wants me to pay a subscription fee in order for the activation to turn on and then. Here's the next question is uh, uh, my. I don't want my seatbelts phoning home to decide whether or not my life is worth saving. Right. Well, that's the
0: question. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, can you buy this and buy it at a one stop payment for it always works? Can you just be like, I'll give you an extra 500 bucks today and then it should work forever
1: well no it's an extra 400 bucks it's it's you you buy it for 400 bucks then you download and install the app and then in the app you pay 400 dollars more
0: and then you can use it forever
1: and then you can use it forever in theory now you still have to keep the app installed so that it can phone oh, home right. to verify that your life is worth saving so it doesn't but at least unlock it, won't ask it for any more money
0: well just wait for that to misfire or not fire i guess when somebody has an okay, accident well,
1: when when the when the database goes down or, or the company goes out of business because their business model is shitty. Then yeah, I suddenly all this. That's, I mean, that's a core problem with every internet can, every IOT device that I've complained about on this is, is the company comes out with some kind of business model that involves you constantly paying for things and it has to phone home. And if that business model is so crappy that the company goes out of business, congratulations. The thing you bought is a brick because it can't phone home anymore. Makes sense. So, yeah, uh, not not only is uh, are are you, you know, you you, you, we've gone beyond the juice makers. We've gone beyond the, the Internet connected hamster cage or fish tank. We're now Internet connecting the safety devices that save your life. Yeah. And it doesn't make sense, because why does
0: the app add anything to the safety Besides,
1: according to the motherboard article,
0: because that I mean, I'm trying to figure out what it could add, you know, as far as, uh, you know, but once this physical device is made, that if the only thing the app and the subscription do is allow it to be used, then uh, that is yeah, that's really shitty that this isn't just included in the price. You know, I understand maybe you want people to then install the app. In case there's a firmware update or something like that, you know, the vests aren't accidentally going off where you can then, you know, update the firmware on it. But, yeah, I don't understand the we want to keep getting money from you. I mean, I get why we'd love to do that and all sorts of different products like, oh, yeah, I made this uh, this. I just bought a record weight, which I know it's mainly uh, snake oil, but it's a little, you know, pound weight or so that sits on top of the record on the turntable so if the album is a little bit which is some of the old ones i have are so thin vinyl that bought used that are a little bit warped you know you watch them as they go around you can see them going up and down up and down well this flattens them but otherwise it's just a very expensive well this wasn't bad like 25 bucks weight that goes on top of it now if it's like oh well, yeah you buy this but you have to pay us $5 a month otherwise it's going to destroy your records when you when you try to use it it is uh this concept of asking for money constantly on something without adding any features to it is just horrible
1: i think i've figured out the value proposition here and i figured it out i should have done this before the show but hey you know live googling things is is a a common thing amongst podcasters apparently um I went to Amazon and did a, went ahead and did some searches on uh what would it cost me to get into a motorcycle airbag vest and the majority Will of Well, you personally?
0: Them, I mean, are they that big?
1: Well, I I don't think that they make any that size but okay. um the majority of these vests, in fact, uh, I definitely don't have the body shape of most of the ones that <laughs> in the pictures.
0: You have but, you have a built-in airbag.
1: Yeah, I I've, I've already got uh, I I could you know what? I could stay if I get in a motorcycle crash. I I've, I've got plenty I could Afford to lose, just smear it off like, oh, instant lipo. That's disturbing me. Um, (laughs) Okay, so the majority of these things look like they're in the $600 to $1,000 range, depending on how many features you want, how much full coverage, what kind of other armor aside from the airbag, etc. Uh, but the notable thing is that when I did the Amazon search for a motorcycle airbag, the very first result was the Klim AI-1 motorcycle airbag, ooh, uh, which is the one I was just talking about. And uh why is it the very first result? Well, sponsored. Amazon generally sorts well sponsored as one and maybe it is, but uh when it, even when it's not sponsored, Amazon generally sorts by price. So the $400 for this is the intro price. And they, so I think what the, the value proposition they're offering is you have to get into an airbag and we're offering it to you for $400 plus 12 a month, which is a lot better than the thousand dollars for the, the higher price quality higher end ones
0: which is true i mean i'll give you that if you want to spread those payments out but then again most places will allow you to just spread those payments out without having the yeah
1: you know the well the issue. Yeah, yeah get a credit card they'll allow you to spread the payments out yeah
0: but, well there's a lot of things the uh the paypal in their accounts will allow you if you buy anything like over a hundred dollars through paypal They'll give you 0% for six months. And I don't really understand how they're making money at that. Um, Was weird also because we've been doing the grocery delivery or pickup at our local Meyer here. And this week, if you do the pickup thing, so you order the groceries online and you go pick them up and they just bring them out to your car. It's great because you don't have to go into the store. You don't have to spend the time going up and down the aisle. And for the pickup service, there's no fee. I mean, the delivery, there's a service fee, of course, and they want you to tip the people. That makes sense. It's a service economy. With the pickup, there's no extra fee. So there's no reason not to do it, except unless you like to spend the time in the grocery store, and some people do. This week at Meyer, if you use the pickup service, they will give you 5% off the order. So it's cheaper to buy the stuff online. Just pull up. They'll bring you everything out, put it in your trunk for you. That's absolutely it,
1: it sounds like they are well on their way to just being a warehouse service. That was my thought, which, which, you know, I got to admit, if if you if you stop letting the general public into your facility, then the regulations change such that, you, you know, you can leave cardboard boxes in the aisles and just expect your employees to walk around it. Suddenly, things get a whole lot easier for warehousing items if you don't have to present them to the public maybe that that there's a transition that's in progress. It could be because people have gotten so
0: used to, and I think because of COVID, I mean, that was the first time we ever did the delivery service was because of COVID and the lockdown crap and all of that. And because, you know, wearing a mask is a pain in the ass and found it to be a very nice way to order groceries personally. So this is, uh, you know, there are people like my mom is one of them. Like no, I like to go through the aisles because how else will I know? You know what's on sale? It's like well, the 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 internet shows that you can find everything, and I found it to be much easier to shop because sometimes things are in different weird places. You know, I've been getting these uh, keto bagels, which are great if you're on trying to cut down on sugar and carbs. These uh, keto uh, bagels—I forget the name of the company that makes them off the top, but Sola, I think it is—and I don't think they're by the regular bagels. They're in like a specialty area, so it's like. You don't even have to know where anything is. If you know what you're looking for, you just type it in the search bar and click yes. This is what I want. Then you drive up to the store, you call them on your phone, and just say, "Hey, this is the name," and they just come out with it and they charge the credit card. You do all that online. So the oh, only yeah. thing you have to do once you get there is call them up, and it it's easy.
1: Our our local Safeway that that we've been you know because it's only a couple blocks away, we've gotten our grocery at for years. Uh, they dedicated uh, eight parking spots like one in the entire rows right in front of the store. The the best spots have all been banned from general parking now because they've dedicated them to park here to pick up the custom orders, whatever their, their system's called. And uh, okay. I, when, when my wife goes in and and she does her shopping, I'll park there because I'm technically picking up an order, but they, they have dedicated a significant portion of the store to having the people in the store shop for you and bring it out to you. Same thing. Yeah, it's definitely an added
0: convenience. I will say that the yeah, pickup when they orders get the, when they get the order right, that's it. That was the one problem we've had never with the delivery. But with the pickup, there were a few times we ordered and this was all stuff like deli kind of thing or meat kind of a thing where. I ordered a pound of bacon, which they do the cut bacon, you know, not prepackaged. You go up to the meat counter, which I said, hey, I didn't even know about that just a few months ago. But what, order a, there's a meat counter. Well, that they would have bacon there in different At types of counter. bacon. Well, but there are different types of bacon. I mean, <laughs> this is I know I should yeah, have realized okay. it long ago because this is revolutionary. But yeah. when I would World order changing a pound, yes, it is. You order a pound of bacon. And then they just bring it out and they put it in your trunk. So you don't notice till you get home that what you got was a quarter pound of bacon because that's how their system will take measurements. It's usually like a quarter pound, half pounds, three quarters of a pound or a pound. And sometimes they see a pound, I guess, as a quarter pound. And the one time it was a quarter pound of bacon. And this is thick sliced bacon because. That was two pieces of bacon. A thick
1: slice of bacon is yeah, only three pieces. <laughs> two. And I was like, <laughs> what? What's this
0: going to do for me? No,
1: it'll make you one sandwich.
0: Yeah, not not even a good sandwich. But otherwise, it was just interesting that they're giving you a discount to make their employees do more work. Which,
1: uh, yeah, but I, I, I having spent a brief time as a, a box boy in the store. I tell you what, the the time that I liked in the store the most was when the store was technically closed and we were either opening up or closing. And um, yeah, it, it, trust me, the employees like it better when you're not allowed in. I believe that. And
0: I think they could do a better job in their, maybe this is the way they're, they're breaking these people into shape. Cause I'm guessing the fact that they're offering 5% off on all of these orders for a week they're going to get a lot more of these orders because there's no reason not to do it.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like a drug dealer, you know, first one's free and then you're hooked. Uh-huh. Get people in, you know, into the system,
0: which unless you really like walking up and down the aisle. And I thought a lot of these grocery stores that was their main marketing method of selling more was well, we're going to put the stuff on the end caps and we're going to position things where, you know, you know pe- people are always going to pick up the milk and bread. So you position the stuff you really want to sell where otherwise, if you're just ordering what you normally do, why would you pick up anything more? That's the one thing I love about the ordering is I just go to my previous order and go, yep, that again, that again, that again, that again, done. I don't need to go look at what else is new. I don't need to look at what's on sale. And I would think they would sell more if people walked into the door. But maybe that's completely wrong. If their system is getting better, I haven't really noticed being pushed different products on the online thing yet. Which I'm surprised because that would be, you know, if somebody if they're not doing this, which I haven't seen on Meyer yet, but if I order, you know, chips and uh, and cheese, if they're not going, would you like some salsa and avocado? Then you're missing out.
1: Well, the I mean the the cream of the marketing experience and is always the the impulse buy, and it's the reason why in order to check out your food you have to walk by our rows of uh what. Back in the day, used to be cigarettes, and now is candy or sports drinks or something like that. No,
0: sports cards, and which Target had to stop selling the sports cards because people were fighting over Pokemon cards.
1: That is utterly ridiculous. Uh, no. But if, if your website is, is designed correctly, then pe- you can still get the impulse by going on, you know, look at, look at Amazon, you know, customers who viewed this also purchased this. There's always that, that shows up in there. Right. Or the, you know, it you can do it. You just have a transition. I feel like our whole society is, and especially accelerated in the last 16 months, our whole society is, is turning into an online only where every single person is a hermit that never leaves their home. And everything we do is is now online. I'm not convinced this is a good thing, but man, is it convenient. Oh, it is. And when it comes to, like you said, the grocery shopping,
0: the fact that it's the same, you know, you're not paying extra. Just rolling up and having the groceries put into your car makes a lot more sense than a lot of things. Because it's a time saver, at the very least, again, as long as they get the order right. But I do think we're pushing towards maybe it is in this case. Strictly, they're trying to push you towards a more convenient thing. I'm sure that these uh, the grocery stores have seen a whole different level of data over the past year and a half because of covid on how things are working, how they have to route customers in the store. And you're right. Maybe they're just making the choice that it's like, you know, if we could cut half the customers coming through the store, we could cut some of the overall cost because you don't have to clean as much or whatever that I'm sure there are differences and maybe uh, maybe some of the unintended consequences of the way people's uh, shopping habits have changed over the last year or so are actually good for the grocery stores.
1: Yeah. Well, we, we, and we saw uh, with, with, you know, durable goods, like books, um, the uh, purchasing online, well, Amazon um, destroyed a lot of the booksellers out there because you could just order a book and have it delivered to your house. Why would you ever go out to a bookshop anymore? And I think, uh, you know, again, Amazon, um, we're seeing this with, uh, grocery delivery is doing the same thing now to your neighborhood grocery store. I think we're going to, uh, if, if, if we keep going the direction we're going with grocery delivery to everybody, which is, I, I don't see a scenario where it turns around, uh, uh, I think that a lot of a lot of grocery stores are going to eventually close down their uh, their smaller locations like people just don't come in anymore. And if you want to physically go to a grocery store, you're going to have to go a lot farther. And the bulk of groceries are all going to start coming out of Amazon style warehouses located one per city.
0: Yeah, you know what? That's true. And with the, the grocery store my parents go to, my mom told me that the aisles, which used to be very small. We're now quite a bit larger. So obviously, they took out a bunch of the aisles because of COVID and people needing to social distance.
1: But uh, well, I, I've seen that trend going on for a while, though, taking out the aisles just because the people are wider. <laughs>
0: well, that may be true as well. But this is an interesting way to, uh, it'll be interesting to watch how this goes because there are, um, like you said, you need less space. If you can get down to a, Never allowing customers in, you could put your employees through a lot more hell. Ask Amazon. The aisles can be, you know, oh yeah. much smaller. Uh, the yeah, we're, uh, we're sorry, no bathroom breaks
1: for you <laughs> this week.
0: <laughs> yeah, carry around a water bottle. That's all they. That's all they'll tell you to do. But the yeah, shopping is changing. There's no question about it. And uh, whether it's for the good or not, soon we'll have drones. You'll be able to just place your grocery order, press a button and then like a half hour later a drone will be dropping your groceries on your front step.
1: I don't think that's going to be as mainstream as delivery vans. <laughs> no, I would for, agree. There there are there are just too many exploits to that, many of them physical like uh you know the the pellet gun. <laughs> yeah, Digi
0: Guru is pointing out they just opened up a new Amazon Prime Whole Foods store here in Chirac, which is the plan that you just take the stuff off the shelf and walk out with it. It's all done yeah. magically through your phone. We, and, well, we
1: we had the the Amazon convenience store in downtown Seattle where that that happened. There there was like one employee who was standing there watching people just to, but um, just to pretend that they would notice to, if you were stealing well, I, I, somehow. I, yeah, mostly because the homeless people probably didn't have Amazon accounts. But the idea was you had your cell phone in your pocket, which had the Amazon Prime app on it. And you walk in and the NFT would detect your phone and then you pick up a bunch of stuff. And when you walk out, it would detect the RFID of everything that you purchased and then ping the app on your phone and the app on your phone would go. And so your process was walk in, grab something, walk out, which is, I mean, in terms of something called a convenience store is about as convenient as you can get. Right. Short of sitting on your couch and having it delivered to you by drone. but. Um, in, in the case of the one downtown, I, I don't know if they're still running or not, but they, they have been having problems with people who walk in without a cell phone and just walk out with stuff. Right.
0: So how do we track you? Well, we can't. And if you know, if it's under 900 and whatever dollars, then it's perfectly legal. They'll never do anything about it. Uh, yeah. Something like that. Crime does pay. Who knew? Uh, here on grumpy old Ben's. I think we knew that. I think we did. And there's plenty more to talk about, but it's about time to call this one an episode and tell people that we'll be back on Friday, which I know it sounds so far away, but it'll be here before you know it for another award winning grumpy old Ben's. We've won. Oh yeah. I need to drop another award. Yes, please do that. We just need to keep creating our own awards and we want to thank everybody for listening, giving us your time. We thank the people for giving us their talent in the troll room, or even Sir Jean, every now and then. And we appreciate the people that do send their treasure our way with the expert donations today, all the way from Ireland. And uh we appreciate the concept that people are getting some kind of value out of this show. I mean, as you've talked about it at one point, the more you see people referring to things we talked about, on no agenda social and it's happening on twitter too you're just not there it is kind of impressive our buddy thank god for that our buddy srinivas was after the last show on no agenda social was like oh i thought we were gonna thought we were gonna see another rage quit and i'm like i had to point out to them that you kind of challenged me to see if i could get you to rage quit (laughs) so i mean this this isn't like we're angry with each other it's just a game now so I, want, I don't suffer from rage quits. I'm a carrier. I want people to understand that you 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 threw the gauntlet down and I just need to up my game. I guess I don't have that kind of game yet, but I'm going to keep working on it. Yeah, You are working on it. <laughs> See, <laughs> i give you that. We're getting closer. Keep, uh, keep working on it. We, we, we can we can manage at some point until next time, though. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac,
1: where you can walk into a grocery store. But why would you want to? And from America's left coast, where we continue to avoid the wrath of the IRS by being poor podcasters, I'm Ryan Bremrose. Be old.